Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you are wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were a noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is, our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. It turns out quick changes are actually quite hard. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, so I am no longer obviously Coach Rogers. I'm just ordinary Peter Rogers. But, you know, I quite enjoyed being the coach for the morning. It was nice to be the one who's not being picked to join a team because I can remember what it's like. There you are at school during break and there's a big line of you in front of two team captains and they're picking who's going to be on their team. And you feel a little bit nervous. You're thinking, oh, will I be picked? Will I not be picked? And this will shock you, but no one really wanted to pick me. And I know why, because the pathfinders and platformers know I can't catch a ball. I can't throw a ball. I can't really kick a ball. I can't really run. And so you'd rather have somebody on your team who is strong, who's impressive, who's got the control, who's got the skills, who's got the knowledge of what the offside rule really is. But if that's how sports teams are being picked, what about the church? How does the church like work in the same way? Well, I've got some pictures on the screen and it'll give me some time to tie my shoelaces, but I'd love you to have a chat. Who would you pick to be in church? Who would you pick to be in church? So have a little chat to someone nearby. Now, my guess is that we'd pick a church a little bit like a sports team. Like, you might have picked a gifted people like Prue because, you know what? She'd make some great cakes to have after the service. You might have picked witty people like Reese, who do a great job at just leading the service because he does loads of BBC presenting. Or you might have picked, like, a strong person like, who do you call him? Adam. Like, you know, he'd lift all these church and set up church like nobody's business. These are the kind of people that we'd love to have in church. But as we've seen last week, God is wiser than us. So who does God pick to be in his team? Who does he choose to be in church? Well, we're going to look at just the first couple of verses of that passage that David read out. And we're going to see two truths. We're going to see God doesn't choose impressive people. God doesn't choose impressive people. Have a read of verse 26. If your Bibles are on you, verse 26. Brothers and sisters... Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Turns out the people in this church, when they became Christians, God didn't choose them because they were really impressive. No one would have thought the Christians in this church were wise. They weren't smart. They weren't clever. They weren't really intelligent. It wasn't like they were teachers or professors or the thinkers of this world. No one would have thought that they were really powerful. They had got powerful jobs like politicians or judges or businessmen and women. No one would have thought that this church was noble. They weren't rich with fancy houses. They weren't kings or queens or lords and ladies. Now, for a moment, we're going to welcome Rachael back up to the front. Rachael, you're not Rachael. You're no Zach. <laughs> Rachael. <laughs> Rachael up to the front. Now, 
Coach Roger, we all thought Coach Roger should have had Raphael on the team. Raphael had all the control. She had the skills. She had the knowledge. She had all the gear. And it was astonishing returns from her, wasn't it? For us, it was a no-brainer. But Coach Roger surprised us. And in the same way, God surprises us too. God doesn't work like us. He doesn't choose people to be in the church like we would choose a sports team. He doesn't choose the most impressive people. Not many in the church in Corinth were wise, powerful, or noble. Raphael, sit back down. But if he doesn't choose really impressive people, who does he choose? Well, here's our second truth. It is that God chooses the unimpressive. God chooses the unimpressive. Have a look down at your Bibles again. Verse 27 and 28, Paul writes, God chooses the foolish things of the world. The Corinthians weren't wise, but they were fools. God chooses the weak things of the world. The Corinthians weren't strong and powerful, but they were weak. God chooses the lowly and despised things of the world. The Corinthians weren't nobles, but outcasts, nobodies. They were a little bit like Nozak. It's your time now, Nozak. Nozak, come to the front. Nozak here had nothing that make you think that you'd want him to be on the team. Sorry. You had no control. You had no skills, Nozak. You had no knowledge. You had no gear. Like, you're dressed in a suit, and you had a saucepan lid instead of a bat. Like, you weren't very impressive. Now, we all thought he was an outcast and nobody. And that's why we didn't want him on our team. But that's exactly the kind of person that God wants in church. Nozak, sit back down. Now, at this point, you might be like, Peter, 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 this doesn't make any sense. What's the point? Like, why would God want somebody so weak and unimpressive? Like, look at the pictures we've seen earlier. Like, if Prue came in or Emma Raducanu, they were up flat, people would come flocking to our church. So what's the point? Well, have a read of verse 29, so that no one can boast before him. If the Corinthians were really impressive, they could boast, aren't we amazing? Aren't we so blessed to be in church? God's so lucky to have us. He's so lucky to have our gifts, our talents. And it sounds that that's what they were doing. They were boasting in church. And that meant that they were fighting about who was the best, who was the most impressive leader, and they were just being like the world. And it was crazy. God didn't want it to be like this. He chose a weak cross to save people. He chose a weak and unimpressive people to be in his church. And he did it so that the Corinthians and that we here today can't boast that we're wise or strong enough to save ourselves. He did it so that no one could boast that they're wiser than God's. But is that all? Is there anything the Corinthians do have? Well, Richard's going to come up and look at the last two verses of our reading. But before he does that, we're going to sing... Jesus, strong and kind. A song that explains what weak and unimpressive people should do. So when the music starts, you can get on your feet. Great. Well, like Pete said, we've got a little bit more to learn from uh, what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. And uh, we've seen that Paul didn't want them to boast in what they had. And he said, actually, God chose people who aren't very much. God chose people who aren't strong, who aren't wise, who aren't impressive. He even says just that they are not, like they're nothing. Lots of things that they aren't. But then Paul says something that they are. Have a listen. 
It is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus. Paul says to the church in Corinth, you are in Christ Jesus. Lots of things you aren't, but you're in Jesus. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that we're friends with Jesus. Think about uh, Nozak that we saw earlier. Uh, Coach Rogers chose him. He made them friends, and he gave them this great big bag of tennis goodies. Uh, uh, Coach Rogers shared all of that with his new friend, Nozak. And it's the same when we're in Jesus. Jesus chooses us, he makes us friends, and he shares with us, not his tennis things, but his Jesus things. He shares with us everything that is his. And uh, Paul goes on to say that when Jesus died on the cross, there are three amazing things that Jesus gave to us, shares with us. Listen to what they are, and I'll explain them, because there's some fairly long words. Have a listen. It is because of God that you're in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is, here's the three, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. There are three things that Jesus has become for us when we're in him, when we're friends with him, righteousness, holiness, redemption. I've got some things in the bag to show us uh, what those are. First, Jesus is our righteousness. At school, do you ever get certificates when you've been good? Righteousness means goodness. Some people do. Okay, here's one from our kids' school. It's a be kind award. When you're kind, there are some bees. You get a be kind award for being kind. And imagine when you get one of these certificates, or grown-ups, can you remember? And you've got one of these, and you're going home, and you're going to show it to your dad or your mum. How are you feeling? You know how proud they're going to be, how pleased they're going to be, how excited are you when you're going home with a certificate? Well, when Jesus died on the cross, he gave us a certificate, not of the things that we've done, but of his life. All of his life on a certificate. All of the times he was kind and good. His life with our name on it. So we get to have that and take it with us and not be proud about ourselves, but boast, be proud in what Jesus has done. He's our righteousness. He gives us his goodness. The second thing is he's become our holiness. Who can tell me what one of these is? Yeah, everyone knows. Everyone knows. Two years ago, if you didn't know, you'd know now. This is hand sanitizer. uh, Because we know that our hands can have all kinds of nasty germs on them. Our hands can have all kinds of nasty germs on them. And if you go near someone and you've got germy hands, they don't want you anywhere near you. And so everywhere we go, come to church, squirt. Go to school, squirt. Go to a shop. Sometimes you go to a friend, squirt, squirt, squirt. Hand sanitizer everywhere to make our hands clean so that we can go near people. The Bible says that as well as germs on our hands, we're unclean, we're dirty inside. We have sin in our hearts. And hand sanitizer isn't going to help you with that. Drinking it won't help at all. Don't do that. But when Jesus died on the cross, he made us clean on the inside. He made our hearts clean so that we can go near to God. Jesus is our holiness. He makes us clean. He's our righteousness. He gives us his goodness. He's our, you can't see that anymore. Oh, well, he's our uh, holiness. He makes us clean. Third thing, Jesus is our redemption. 
I've got my keys. Because the Bible says there's another problem with sin. It doesn't just make us unclean, it traps us. Here's Pete. Pete is chained up. Because sin traps us. Sin makes it so that we can't stop sinning. We can't stop doing things that hurt other people and make God sad. We're trapped, chained. But when Jesus died on the cross, which is the right key, this is the right key, otherwise this goes wrong and the second service is going to be a problem. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid to set us free. He redeemed us. So we're free from sin. Thanks, Pete. So we're free from sin. When Jesus died on the cross, he became our righteousness. We get his goodness. He became our holiness. He makes us clean. He became our redemption. He makes us free. That's what we have in Jesus. Paul says to the church and to us as well, you aren't very much, but you are in Jesus. You have his goodness, his cleanness, his freedom. That's not a bad deal. You're in Jesus. And the church, obviously, they didn't have any of those things in themselves. They couldn't, like Pete said, they couldn't boast in themselves, and neither can we. We can't boast in our own goodness or cleanness or freedom, but we can boast in Jesus. That's what Paul says right at the end. Therefore, as it's written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. To help us understand that, for the last time, uh, no, Zach, here you are. And Nozak got all those goodies, he got all the Wimbledon stuff, and he was off to Wimbledon with his pass that led him in. And imagine as he was walking around, eating all the strawberries and cream he wanted, meeting the impressive players, walking through all the barriers, the security guards smiling. Did he walk around saying, I must be an amazing tennis player to have all of this? Do you think that's what he said? Nozak, is that what you said? Because he's rubbish. He's rubbish at tennis. He didn't say it's because I'm amazing. Uh, no, Zach, what did you say when you were at Wimbledon? I said this, look at all of this. Uh, it's amazing. Wow, Coach Rogers must be an amazing coach to have all of this. And wow, he shared all of this with me. Thanks, no, Zach. Wow, Coach Rogers is amazing. And wow, he shared it with me. That's what no, Zach was saying. And that's what Christians say. Not about Coach Rogers, but about Jesus. We boast in him, wow, Jesus is amazing. He has righteousness, holiness, redemption. And wow, he shared those things with us. We boast in him. And when we do that, it means we don't have to keep following different leaders. That's what was happening in Corinth. We saw it before. They were all following different leaders. I'm excited about this one. I'm excited about that one. And when we boast in Jesus, we don't have to do that. Think about it. Whoever your favourite uh, youth leader is, or your favourite bubble leader if you're in one of the groups, or your favourite vicar, whoever's your favourite, they're all rubbish compared to Jesus. And so whoever excites us, and we all get excited by different things, by different people, that's okay. But if we're all boasting in Jesus, then we can all stay together. Because we all know that he is better than anyone else. We boast in Jesus. Jesus.